0: Hello and welcome to Heart of the Faithful Ministries. This is Ron, your host, and I am here today with my daughter Josie, and we are continuing the series on why I will not be a non Christian on Heart of the Faithful Ministries. Hey there, Josie. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, good. I'm glad to have you back. Thank you so much. And I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we didn't run you off last time. (laughs) So, anything interesting? The the week week has gone by. Anything interesting with you besides having some, some problems with mom and everything? Not much. Not much. I gotcha. Kind of a lazy week. Kind of a lazy week. I gotcha. Well, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that either, right? Okay, so we are talking about my story, and I brought you in because I wanted to make sure that I told somebody my story and get your reactions to some of the events that have happened in my life. Now, one of these events that have happened in my life um, happened early on in my Christian life, okay? I want you to imagine, just as a recap, I didn't have, remember, I didn't have any Christianity in my life at all. The the I, I had, you know, no one telling me about Christ, never been to church for 19 years of my life, except for one time, and it turned out to be a disaster. It kind of turned me off of church altogether. And then, after that, uh, met a guy who told me about this Jesus guy. His words really just just... I mean, it cut me to the bone. I mean, it, it really did because it was, it, w- it was so much truth that I couldn't deny it. So for me, I had to listen. And through listening and hearing of the word, I became a child of God. My faith grew. I became a Christian. I'm a child of God now. And I have been since 1994. So shortly after that, all right? Brand new Christian. I don't know what, you know, I don't know all of this Christianese and stuff like that. I barely know what to do. I didn't even know where to go in the Bible. Here's the funny thing. You remember how I told you that when I went at nine years old to church? The book of John one. The book of John one, exactly. <laughs> where where they said, open the book of John. And I told them all I have is a Bible. <laughs> Because I didn't know anything about the address of where to find things in the Bible. So <laughs> well, here's the thing. The very first thing that I was told to read as a brand new Christian was the book of John. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I know it's a little it's it's quite ironic that I read that book, the first book I read in the Bible. And Josie, the, the thing about that book is it is a love story. It is literally a love letter to us from our creator, which is God. That love letter to me, by the end of that story, when I got done now, again, this is the only scripture I have ever read was John one, one to the end of the book of John. Okay. So that's, uh, that's it. None. No no other scripture. After I read about what Jesus meant, what he did for me, because I didn't fully understand. I knew what I knew, and I knew I wanted to be a Christian. But honey, I didn't fully understand what it was that he did for me, what God pulled me out of, what God truly did to make me saved. I didn't understand it. So when I read that and I read about Jesus on the cross, I wept because that's my Savior and He died for me. There He is taking the punishment that I deserve. He doesn't deserve any of that punishment. I deserved all that punishment. He died. He died on the cross and I deserved the death. He didn't deserve that death. I deserved that death. So I didn't know how to process all of that except for through just tears of joy and gratitude. Have you ever been well let's let's put it this way. An event that happened in your life you didn't get to see your friend Lydia for quite some time and at your birthday party, we invited Lydia over. What was your birthday present from Lydia? A sleepover. It was a sleepover, right? And you were so ecstatic. I cried. (laughs) That You cried. Exactly. Well, honey, that's exactly how I felt because the ultimate gift was given to me because that gift meant so much to you and Lydia means so much to you. Seemed for me with Jesus Christ. As I lay there, face down on the ground, crying in tears, just thanking God. Thank you, 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 you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Lord." That's all I could do. I just, I, I didn't know what else to say, but just thank you. I love you, Lord. I love you. Thank you. I love you. And God did this. I, 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 I can't explain how it happened or, or what actually happened. Okay. Because have you ever heard of someone say, well, God's talked to me. Have you ever heard that? I might have like a couple of times. Like, like God told me to do something or. well, Yeah. Well, for me, I heard from God And, and I know that sounds weird, but it wasn't like a voice. It wasn't like, this is God, and I'm telling you to do something, you know? <laughs> it wasn't like that. But in my head, all of a sudden, opened the book of Romans. And not only just the book of Romans. Remember, I only knew of the book of John. But not only was I told to open the book of Romans, but I was told to go to a specific verse which was Romans 13.10, which says this. Remember, I'm telling God, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And this is his message back to me. He said, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And all I could do, I mean, if you thought I was crying before, I was absolutely bawling after that. Because God, that was like God saying, this is where I want you to be. I want you to be in love with me. I want you to have this relationship with me, this relationship like you and I. You are my daughter, and I love you very, very, very much. And I know that you love me, too, because you tell me all the time. Like At night, I say, I love you, too. Exactly. But what would it be like if I never told you I love you? Quite sad. What would it be like if I never even acted like you were here? Very, um, I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of crushing, isn't it? Yeah. So, so do you think that's a good relationship? No. No, it's not. Think about it in the way, like if, if your mother and I were that way. If mom just acted like I didn't exist every time I came home, she just pretended like I didn't exist. That's not a good relationship, is it? Nope. Well, I know a guy who, um, which, you know, I always have stories for stuff. (laughs) (laughs) This one in particular comes down to a man. He's a Jehovah's Witness, and his name was Aaron. Wonderful guy. I used to be a car salesman with him. We used to sell Hondas. Because your email was Honda Ron. That's why my email, yes. So for our time together, we talked about our faith back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And my questions to him because I was still kind of, you know, I wasn't a new Christian, but I was still kind of a new Christian. And I asked him several times, I said, you know, why, 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 uh, why do you believe this? Why do you believe that? Why is this going on? Why is that going on? You know, between the, the Jehovah's Witness versus the, the, the Christian faith. Why is Jehovah's Witness considered, you know, not Christian? And we, you know, we were going through all of these things and I was asking these questions and I, I didn't realize that this was apologetics. That's what apologetics is, is, is trying to, to make a defense for God. And I didn't understand that, you know, that they believed that Jesus was little God. Jesus wasn't a real God. He wasn't God, God. He just was a little God, you know. And I told him, I said, look, I mean, the Bible says this, this, and this about Jesus. Why don't, you know, why would you not believe that? And so here's the sad thing. In the end, Aaron looked me in the eye and said, Ron, I would love to become a Christian but I can't because I've got a 10-month-old daughter at home and all of our family is Jehovah's Witness. And if I become a Christian, I will not be able to even walk on the same side of the street with my family. I can still live in my house, but they all have to pretend that I am dead. Every single one of them. And I will never be able to have a relationship with my daughter. How sad is that? That is horrible. It is horrible. Well, here's the thing that I just want to put out there. They were willing to do that to him because of their faith. But we do that to God because of our lack of faith. We don't pretend. We we, we just pretend like God doesn't exist, and we just go and we do whatever we want to do, and we don't invite God in to do things with us. We don't think of God as being here, you know? We don't think of God as being this everywhere being like he literally is everywhere. You cannot go anywhere. You can't like, you know how, you know, some, some people, hide. yeah, you can't hide. Some people might go into the cabinet and take one of their sister's lows, you know, or something like that for, for diabetes. It's supposed to be for their type one diabetes, but that low, which is usually a pack of gummy bears or, or, or a juice, right. Or something of yeah. that nature it all of a sudden disappears, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? You didn't get away with it, whoever it was. I'm not saying who. You didn't get away with it because God saw it. You cannot You cannot do something in secret with God. He's uh, He's there. He's, uh, he knows all things. But we pretend like he can't. And by doing so, we separate ourselves from him, and we put him on like at work I'll go to work and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do this job and I'm going to do it myself. It's my work, it's my job. I'm going to do it. I don't need God in my work. You go away God, you don't need to be here. This is my work. What are you doing? Don't be don't be don't be you know trying to 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 creep in on my territory here. I'm I I handle this God. But that's not the way God wanted it, right? God wants to be a part of your life. And that's what he was telling me at that time. When I got that message, when when I read Romans 10, 13, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Because here I was screaming about love, and here I read this passage about love. It was incredible. Later on down the road, I got invited with Ken, the guy who led me to Christ. And he did this crazy thing. You know what he did for fun? He went out to the bars. He went out to the bars and he stood in front of the bars and he started proclaiming the word of Jesus Christ. So all of those people that were standing in line to get into these prestigious bars in the middle of of a little place in, 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 in Atlanta, we would stand there. Ken would start preaching. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man shall be is how he started his message. And he, his story is amazing because he was, he was not brought to Jesus Christ through a preacher or a person who led him to Christ. He was brought through a night of total drunkenness and he was so desperate to be sober and healed that he just started crying out to Jesus. Jesus. He just started crying out to Jesus over and over and over and over again until Jesus, all of a sudden he was sober and he believed in Christ and he was saved. That man stood in front of those bars, not telling them don't drink, but that they should not be given over to their drunkenness because he knew that those people were serving their god, which was the god of alcohol, and you know the the, the devil's little playthings, you know. Yeah. Because is alcohol necessarily bad? No, not really. Is a gun bad? No, not really. Is a knife bad? No, not really. You need to cut the meat. Exactly. You need to shoot the animals for your meat. <laughs> Absolutely. And sometimes people just want to drink for a little bit. <laughs> You know, back in Jesus' time, they used it for celebrations. I mean, they drank wine. It's not, it's not a, it's in the Bible. It's not a thing that's like, you know, oh my gosh, we shouldn't, we need to be like the Puritans and never, ever drink again. But he understood that those things by themselves, though not being evil, whatever purpose you put to it could make it evil. Alcohol can destroy families. It could destroy a life. True. It could destroy a person's liver. It could destroy. And and remember, I was one of those people who was going to work drunk and stoned and all that other stuff. So I understand how bad alcohol can be. Knives, you got to cut the meat, right? Skin the deer, cut the meat, or or even chop the lettuce. Are you vegan? I don't care. Cut the lettuce. Cut the celery, hard-boiled egg, whatever it is you're cutting. You know, for me, in in my side, you know, in my job, you know, as, in, on, in, in, as an industrial insulator, we use knives all the time. I, we, you wouldn't be able to eat if we didn't have a knife because I use it all the time. But also in the hands of a wrong person, that knife could take a life. Just like with a gun, it could take a life. And that's not a good thing, right? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so, so he stood there in front of those bars, and he proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ because he knew those people that don't need Jesus are not going to get upset. But usually, the people that need Jesus the most are the ones who get upset because they're the ones who are hurting. And they're usually going to a place like a bar or something like that to just use that alcohol the same way I was using that alcohol and hiding my hurt and my pain. So here's the thing. We would stand next to him while he was preaching. As he preached, people would start coming up. One by one, each of us that were praying beside him as he preached would walk up to those people and start talking to them. I'm a brand-new Christian, Josie. Not even two weeks in. Not even two weeks in. Oh, no. One guy goes. Another one goes. Another one goes. There was only five of us. One was preaching, and three are gone. That left me. And I am telling you, Josie, the biggest Burliest guy in that line started trouncing the, I mean, he just like trampling, just just boom, 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 just pounding his way to get to me, yelling and screaming and pointing and rawr, 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 with a fist on one hand and finger pointed on the other. And he looked at me and he said, "You can't do that, you? Who do you think you are?" And I looked at him and I said, "I know who I am." All I am here to ask is, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior? Because he loves you. And I am not here to hurt you or to hinder you from going in there, but to tell you that God loves you. And his face went from, like the, like the Incredible Hulk, you know, yeah. it went from that to just stoic awe, just like, what what is going on? What is this? What? Yeah. So, so this. So I, I'm telling you, I, it was like a charging bull, <laughs> and it was stopped with the words "Jesus Christ loves you," and that was uh, my my adrenaline was so high, and I talked to that guy for a few minutes and everything, and we gave him a pamphlet. They, they call them tracks. You gave him a track, and he took it, and you know whatever he did with it, he did with it. He didn't give his life to Christ right then. No one gave their life to Christ that night. No one there did. And he, you know, they all went back into the line and they they got into line after Ken was done. And we all left. Walking away from that, I saw these two girls and they were stumbling. They were stumbling. And I walked up to them and I approached them. I said, hey, how are you? They said they were fine. I said, I just have to tell you something. I just gave my life to Jesus Christ two weeks ago. And it has been the most amazing thing to ever happen to me. And I just want to tell you, I just have to tell you that Jesus Christ loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to give you the joy that I have right now. And one of them, sat there in tears. And her friend looked at me in astonishment, looked at her other friend who was almost to tears, and she grabbed her by the scruff of the neck on the shirt and pulled her and said, we've got to go. And they walked away. You could see the need that she had in her life. And through that, that's really where I became an evangelist. That's really where God called me to say, hey, you need to talk about Jesus to people because there are so many people out there that need to know that Jesus Christ is available to them because otherwise they're walking around with no hope and all hurt and all pain. They've got nobody to look at for strength, no one to guard them and guide them. They don't have the miracles that were, we're gonna be talking about later on. And it's really sad that it's like that. But that's what just telling your testimony is about. An evangelism, like an evangelism ministry, isn't really about going out and handing tracks out or standing in front of a bar or telling people about Jesus Christ. It's not about going out and, and trying to find somebody to tell Jesus, tell them about Jesus. But, Josie, it's about sharing your love for Jesus Christ and what he has done for you in your life. But here's the thing. Jesus has to have done something in your life. You have to have a testimony to be able to tell a testimony. So with that, look at what God has done in your life. What are some of the things that you think God has touched on in your life, made happen? I know there's several miracles just in this house alone. And we're going to talk about some more of those. We're going to do that on the next episode of Heart of the Faithful Ministries. Josie, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you going to come back with us? Yes. Are you sure? Definitely. Okay, we didn't scare you off? No. (laughs) Okay, good. That's what I want to hear because we are... Heart of the Faithful Ministries. And we want to thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to our channel. Uh, share our channel. We're a small channel right now, but we love to grow and share the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Josie, for being with me. The artwork is done by my other daughter, my eldest daughter, Ellie Howard. And uh, the music that you hear is all composed by myself. We will see you next time as we continue on this ser- this series how I became a Christian and why I will never not be a Christian. Until then, be faithful and be diligent, my friends. It was fun being here. (laughs) Thank you, Josie. Can't wait for next time.